Welcome to the Food Connected Podcast. This is Lonnie Sweet, the CEO of the Connect Group. Uh, we recorded this next episode of the podcast from the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival, um, overseeing a beautiful ocean from the Four Seasons Resort. This episode is with Margot Seckler, who is part of the Seckler family, um, which owns and operates Bell and Evans Chicken. We talk a lot about family dynamics of running a business together, as well as Be- how Bell and Evans Chicken continues to evolve and innovate uh, with new products and new ways to talk to consumers. So hope you enjoy and thanks for listening in. Well, Lonnie, thank you for having me today. This is exciting to be here with you in Palm Beach. Um, Bell and Evans has been around, we actually celebrated 125 years this year. Um, family owned the whole time. Now our family's only been in two generations. We purchased Bell and Evans from um, the Bell and Evans families in New Jersey, actually. Um, so dad's been in it about 35 years, and my brother and I have been in the last about five, six years. So, so he grew up on a dairy farm, um, and good or bad, that um, went south one day, and he, he got into chickens and has been in ever since he's a kid. And um, his story, he just, he always viewed things, um, you know, if someone said something was one way, he would say, no, it's not, or question why we did the practices that we did with chickens on farms. And he just was sure that there was a way to do things differently, make a difference and not use the chemicals, not use the hormones, the antibiotics, all the things that the industry um, just, you know, that's the way it was done. That's the way we do it. And he just from the beginning um, knew that there was a better way. And that's Absolutely. And that's how um, our model started and and was built. So from animal welfare, we've always been um, the leader in in our industry for that. Um, The things that we've done just with our new hatchery and the model that we have around hatching chicks, giving them food and water upon hatching, that's not the industry standard. So there's a lot of things that we do as Bell and Evans that we want to get in front of the consumer and share because that consumer today, um, the modern you know grocery store shopper, they want to know where their food came from. It's it's all about transparency and honesty with a label, and um, uh, I guess that's still hard to to find in the meat industry, um, and that's where we've always been ahead of that. How do you do that? Like once when you guys sit in a room. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> I can't imagine working in a family industry like that because I can't imagine that it ever shuts off. Like, how do you do that? When you guys have the honest conversations about telling that story, right? We're living in a very different world than we did when your dad bought the farm, social media, the internet. And listen, plant-based foods right now are obviously exploding, right? So mm-hmm. a whole other conversation. <clears throat> At the end of the day, you guys are farmers, right? And so um, you're putting a better product on the plate, right? So how, what do you guys talk about when you talk about how to how to get the right message, right, the right verbiage, the right wording, and, and communicating not just today but forward, but also how are you getting it out there? Like, what's that conversation? When you guys are all trying to figure out what that looks like. Well, it's always been about um, getting an idea or you know product related out there before the consumer even asks for it. If we if they have to ask for it, we're we're behind the eight ball already. Lot, right? Sure. Sure. Your product development um, timeline is going to be a long time.
Sure. And there's different things that we've done um, to innovate, uh, even just packaging, a simple thing like your packaging. It's it's 2019 and you still go to the grocery store and need to put on gloves and put your meat in a bag so it doesn't leak in your car. For me, it's the best packaging in, in the meat, in the, all of the meat out. I don't think there's anything else. You know, again, if I'm thinking about turkey, like, like chicken breast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else other than like the you know the large turkeys you buy at. Sure, sure. Are almost rats, right? right. There's. Bigger. I don't think there's anything there's really no comparison and um, just the packaging that was something we've been doing for I, I believe close to 10 years and um, all of our retail packaging is vacuum packed that way no mess no fuss you can recycle it I love going out to stores something that we grew up doing my dad spends so much time in the stores connecting with the consumer and that's so valuable my brother and I have done the same thing just connecting with that consumer you would never guess the the owner of the company is out there in the grocery store handing out samples, but that is really how you get that feedback from your consumer. And when you tell them, you know, this packaging at first, it's odd. It's the first one out there, um, but you can marinate in it. Um, you know, it's a no mess, no fuss, rinse, recycle, um, and, and there's your dinner. So just being ahead of that, it, you know, people look at it funny. And, and once you have that conversation, they're just, they're on board with that. And, it's just, it's new. We're the only ones doing it, but um, just a great innovation for uh, for our industry. And so how do you start communicating that message, right? Obviously, you've got blogs, you've got social media, and I don't know what the following is, but like, how do you think about communicating that to a larger audience? Mm-hmm. You, are you in all 50 states? Just about. Okay. With our, our biggest customer being Whole Foods, we are with them um, in every state that they are awesome. located. So, so what's that look like? Sure. Our growth has honestly been um, very organically, no, no pun intended, um, with our customers and their growth. So Whole Foods or Wegmans, as they're growing, we're growing. And I'll tell you a little bit about of our, our company expansion. Um, but going back years ago, um, the brand always really sold itself and just the integrity behind the brand and what we stood for. And I know my dad would go... Um, you know, to do something different and put an ad in the New York Times and he would get calls and saying, you know, is something going wrong that you guys are needing to advertise? Why is Bell Nevins advertising? And he would get grief for that, um, you know, in, in those times past. But today, um, as a company, we've made leaps and bounds in our marketing. And obviously today, social media is just huge. And that's been a great platform for us to connect with the consumer um, and some of our customers, uh, our markets as well. So that's been a tool that we're starting to utilize more and more. And so we've grown into that age. Um, you guys also grew up. I mean, you're, you're, you and your brother are very young, right? So I would love to hear that. <laughs> he just turned 60. Okay, so, so he grew up without it, obviously. I love, like, I can't even tell you my 12-year-old looks at me like I'm an idiot when I start talking about, like, you know, the, the, the new social media platforms. Like, I don't know how to do Sure. Yeah. Social media is part of your life. You and your brother. So, like, having that conversation with your mom and dad, my guess is it's probably. Oh, it's a funny marketing conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
He probably just can't wrap his heads around it. Like, I can't wrap my head around it. Sure, like, it's... TikTok for me? Like, do you know what TikTok is? Uh, vaguely. Okay. <laughs> All the young kids are doing it. My 12-year-old spends way too much time on it, right? <laughs> she knows way more about it than I do. And it's funny trying to have these conversations because she looks at me like I'm a schmuck. <laughs> I have to tell her, like, listen, I'm the cool dad. I get social media. I understand what's coming from. I can't imagine having that conversation <laughs> with you and your brother and your dad, like, at a dinner table saying that, like... Yeah, and the pace that it's developing, it's too. It's, it's fast. wow, yeah. yeah. So social media is important, right? Mm-hmm. Like, development, blogs, like, what mm-hmm. does that look like for you guys? Is that an area where you guys, do you have your own, I'm assuming you have your own corporate chef, something that... that Yep, and a a research and development team, Um, and we do get into, we have a recipe blog. Uh, My dad, I think he has one called Scott's Blog, and he'll do, um, you know, hot topics in the industry. He loves to get out there and just give his take on it, uh, his version on it. Um, But we've been doing more, like I said, online and with our social media, so that's still kind of new to us, but we love to partner with our, um, like, especially our family owned markets. We actually, all of our customers, uh, maybe today are not uh, necessarily family owned, but that was always a target of ours to stay with family owned, um, grocers and distributors and just working with that like-minded, um, family business has really been absolutely. And that's been a part of our success as well. Yeah. Well, this event in particular um, is very special to us as Palm Beach is, is another home for us and our family. We've uh, the farmers have settled into Palm Beach a little bit. So we, we love being down here. And David and Lindsay and their team have been so wonderful to invite us in and be a part of the event. Um, but it, events as a whole, um, it's not something that we've been, uh, we're in too many of them. Actually, this is currently the only event like this that we're involved in in a year. Um, but as we're growing in different markets and different pockets of the country, um, it's, it's something that's on our radar. Um, but it's interesting. We find even coming down here, you know, working with the chefs that come down here from all over and the consumers, your snowbirds that are down for the event. Um, it's just it's a neat feeling when you have conversations with the chefs and the consumer and they say, oh, I'm from New York and I purchased your product. It's so and so's market or I'm from Chicago or Minneapolis or wherever it is um, that those connections have been made. And they go, you know, here we love to participate in the grand tasting and we hand out you know about a thousand samples and it's just about getting that consumer to taste the product uh once you taste it i mean it it sells itself but to hear that story behind it and then you go home to you know whatever is home for you um there's likely a retailer um close to you that you can yep so the sampling is important right i mean i I always i always talk about kind of kpis right like when you're in Mm-hmm. Right? You know, KPS can be different, right? You want social media to be you want. It is the objective to get people to taste the food. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well. Yep, to share that story and just create that brand awareness and give them opportunities to, um, you know, find us on social media or just a way to stay connected. We have a newsletter. Um, just kind of keeping that connection and, yeah. and keeping that brand awareness. And so the, is Purdue still the big beast? Is it still the 800-pound 
Um, there, there's a couple out there, and and that's not really um, a concern or a worry. They have their models, and we have ours, and and I don't think there's a lot of of um, synergies there, or you know, we just have very different takes on the poultry industry, and um, we're we never focused or worried about competition. That's something that Dad taught us very young, and it's not, you know, if you have to be worrying about what they're doing. Uh, that's kind of a problem you know we we always were different and we focused on quality and humane standards and if we just worry about what we're doing and do that the best that we can um that's a good place to put our energy so what about this plant-based stuff i i've i've tried some of those things and it's it's um you know i guess there's a market out there for that right. but we are not um that is not our specialty. Yeah. I know, I know, I, well, I'm curious about it because I, I'm, I have a mix of feelings about it, right? Like, okay, sure. Like, listen, this podcast is totally candid and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you want to taste what meat tastes like, eat meat. Sure. Right, and I think plant-based, while I'm sure it's important for the environment, I'm sure there's been a lot of studies, I still also think it's really important to support farmers. Absolutely. Really well, and have you seen the ingredient list? So that's that's kind of where we we've let it. <laughs> yeah. And I had a Whopper. I had the the Impossible Whopper the other day. First of all, I don't care what you put on that thing. You could put you, you literally put styrofoam on there and it still tastes good because it's all the other stuff that I you can't taste the meat anyway, right? Whether it's a regular burger or an Impossible burger, I'm just I'm I'm curious about your take because your family of farmers. Not just plant-based meats, right? There's mm-hmm. stuff going on in our world. Farmers are at the heart of this country. Absolutely. Really at the heart of this country. Whether you're talking politics or what we're putting on our body or the environment or whatever it may be. And maybe this is just because I'm in the industry. I think about it a lot more, right? Talk thinking about the food chain, right? From what you guys are doing all the way up to somebody eating on a plate. Like, how, how, I know that's part of your messaging, right? Mm-hmm. But how active of that is part of your thought process you're building your kind of brand? As far as the plant-based proteins go, I mean, it's just something we we know it's there. It's on the side. We, we really don't give it um, much thought. My dad's, I asked him about it the other day, and he's like, oh, that stuff gave me heartburn. I'm, you know, he just has a, you know, he's an extreme with his take on it, too. But it's... Um, you know, we have we have chicken, turkey, and duck, and that's where our focus is. So we, as a business, we just we know it's there, but we won't get distracted by by trying to follow that trend or participate in it. It's just not our. Is there, is there a poultry alternative? I don't know if I've seen one, like a plant based poultry alternative. I can't say I've seen one. That would be that would be interesting. I don't know if I've seen one as well. I I'm I'm good with the real thing. Yeah, I, do, I do get the environmental impact from a cow perspective. Sure. I get it. Sure. Um, I'd be curious to see what it looks like. First, they act like tech companies, right? Impossible Foods. The mm-hmm. What they're doing is incredible. I, I'm just wondering if it's going to be around in ten years. Sure. Well, is it a sustainable model? Sure. There's always been alternative veggie burgers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've ever tried to make them taste like actual meat. Right. It's like the way it looks and the way it feels. I, I guess I just don't understand why. Right? Like, if, if you're a... You are or you aren't. Yeah, you <laughs> And that's okay. Either way, it's fine. Sure. Sure. I mean, I get it. It's just... Um, it's uh, it's interesting. So, hey, back to you guys. So, like, what is the, the next generation? Like, what's the evolution of Bell & Evans look like? 
Sure. So um, my brother and I, as I said, were involved and we're, we're pretty excited. We have a big um, expansion coming up next year. Actually, we're just in the midst of meetings and designing the new plant. We're getting ready to triple our capacity, which wow. is huge. And that um, really our, our customers, as I said, their growth, their just organic growth has really um, triggered a lot of that. And th- we see a lot of opportunities in areas of the country that we just um, haven't had much penetration into. So we are looking at starting to build our new um, production facility in the spring and should be completed. Yes. Yep. We're all, all of our facilities are in the same town and same township in Pennsylvania. Um, and that's been home for us and, and always will be. So it's, it's everything we have, um, where the live chickens are brought in to be processed. We have a facility um, where we do our further processing. So it's pretty exciting that we can, um, in our own plants now, make our, our breaded items, our tenders, burgers, nuggets, all of that good stuff. Um, we own our own hatchery, and all of our chicks are, or are organic. It's actually the first um, organic certified hatchery in the world that we're aware of. Um, and we own even following through to the rendering side of things and working with um, pet food producers, so which also just received an organic certification. So start to finish, um, we are able to produce um, a large percent of, percentage of our products in organic. And that is it, are you guys looking at the cooked market? We are. That's uh, might be a couple years off yet, but we would love to get into the ready-to-eat um, category as well. Yeah, it's it's really growing and it's exciting. There's a lot of opportunity there. And even just on the family side of things, my dad is so passionate for this business and um, has we do. It's it's strange. I think it's because you grow up in it. You don't know any better. Um, And I actually went out of high school. I was in emergency nursing for a couple of years. So when I was ready, felt good and ready to come into the business, I thought, you know what, it's time. Um, this is what I want to do. And I love it. I just, I love, uh, my brother and I get along really well. We make a good team and dad just, he adds some, a whole lot of fun to the mix. So it's a blessing to have a family and business that we can work together in. And we, it's, it's fun. Um, my brother asks me like, well, what if we don't, you know, love chickens? Do we have to love them as much as dad does? And I said, it's not, um, having the same passions as him but it's finding an area of the business that you can be passionate about and grow and take to the next level and I think as we're yes we are pretty young yet so we've settled into areas that we feel we can make that difference and that's what drives us every day I think surrounding yourself with good people is really important absolutely I will tell you that my maturation as a, as a business owner too is and unless I'm still working at this every single day, <laughs> we all are is understanding what you're really good at and understanding mm-hmm. what Absolutely. It takes a team. That's, it's also really hard as shit to do. Put your ego in check. Hey, you are, you are better at this than I am. I need you as part of my team, and I'm maybe better over here. It's it's um, it's very it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So, it comes with maturity, and it comes with experience, and it comes with failure. Sure. You guys are in a really position in that you're taking over a family business. That's you guys are growing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are aligned with you guys. Right? Sure. So we are about 1,750. 
right now. So. Well, initially that facility, um, we would be able to, we'll probably move into that facility um, with our existing team members. And I think in the next couple years, we would add, it would probably add a couple hundred yeah. um, within the first two years or so. 2,500 other people at some point. You said it is a lot and it's it's wonderful to have that team and you know besides being passionate and um you know producing the chicken responsibly it's taking care of those those folks that work for us and with the medical background um you know i i really do get into the benefits and things and providing excellent health insurance for these teams and we have on-site clinics to take care of them at work whether it's work related or not um just you know giving them the most that we can in benefits and making them feel a part of the family as they you know contribute just as much as we do so what, what, do you, what do you want to get out of, not just Palm Beach Food Wine Festival, like if, if there's an ideal scenario for Bell & Evans moving forward from a marketing perspective, right? Like what's that perfect platform? Like the perf, like if somebody came to you with the perfect opportunity, let's put cost aside, like what does that look like for you? Um, I think with our marketing team, um, you know, in the next couple of years is just still focusing on that brand awareness. And we have identified some pockets of the country that um, are some new markets for us. So it's really just focusing on those areas. And yeah, absolutely. Yep. Both actually. Um, the Midwest has been pretty developed um, even when I came into the business and absolutely. Yeah. And California is a little bit new to us, but we have some uh, a team out there working at that. So there's some new areas, uh, even just something as simple as a billboard is so new to Bell and Evans. And we've had a couple of those popping up, um, some even in South Florida. So that's pretty exciting. So are you guys, brand awareness is, is obviously important. Are you trying to go again? I started the, the, the conversation with, you know, having something in a restaurant. And what's that mix look like? Mm-hmm. Are you guys still trying to get into restaurants as much as you're trying to get consumers, or it's more grocery kind of driven now than ever? Um, food service is an area that we're putting more emphasis on than we've had before because we have the facilities and equipment that we've never had before. Um, something as simple as the vacuum packaging um, that we can put bulk product in to send to you know a, a restaurant. They can zipper it closed, save it. You know, um, so that's that's huge for us. We've spent millions of dollars putting in uh, multivac packaging to help us with that project. Even some of the items we've came out with you we have a boneless whole leg so it's the thigh and the drumstick all intact boneless with the skin on to keep that flavor there and um, that's an item we spent a couple million dollars on that this year just getting deboning um, equipment over from Europe to help us with that project so whether it's an airline breast or the boneless whole leg um, you know we're looking at what we can do with those products and get it to those chefs um, in packaging that's going to help them out um, and just giving them something that works best for them. That's that's how we can work on those relationships. Sure, it's very different than the consumer. <laughs> Talking to you know shopper marketing kind of model, whether you're talking to the consumers, it's um, it's interesting.
It's important to us, though. We really love being, um, it, it's pretty cool to go to any of the big cities and open up a menu at a high-end restaurant and, and see Bell and Evans on the menu. So we, um, that's that's pretty cool to see. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> we, we did some work with, um, you know what sorghum is? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, most people don't know what sorghum is in the U.S., right? It's, it's, it's sorghum served. You get mm-hmm. In, across the world, right? Sorghum before five years ago was a uh, regularly used grain, right? The way that mm-hmm. quinoa. Yeah. Um, we worked with the sorghum commodity board for a while as an agency, and and you know they were all about getting into restaurants. So for exactly that reason, like our thought process and strategy for them was if we can get you into some of the best restaurants across the country, and they can start creating sorghum related dishes or mm-hmm. syrup, but actually putting it on the menu. Your top-down approach, and they would then start going to Whole Foods and asking for sorghum or buying yep. sorghum, and it worked, mm-hmm. right? Because people are going to restaurants, and they are most they are looking at what's on the dish, or they're not just looking for a chicken parm; they'll be looking for a chicken parm that's using bell and Sure. If it's the best chicken parm they have, they might ask what kind of. They're asking more questions. Yep. Right, like this food-connected consumer. Is, is more curious than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. Right. They want to know where it came from and the story behind it, and right. that's that's what we're all about. Yeah. So I think they're we're on the same wave there. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, I love to have you on. Anything else you want to talk about? Things you guys are doing coming up, or you know what's uh, what's up and coming with Bell and Evans, you know, family or, or product? Just our our growth, as I mentioned, our expansion next year. So that's going to bring on a a whole lot of opportunities. So I I see us really um, digging into some new markets. I know Florida is uh, a big market for us, and we're looking to expand there also. So a lot of good things on the horizon. And this weekend, we're looking forward to just being part of the Food and Wine Festival again and connecting with those chefs and consumers. We have uh, one Caribbean night at Avocado Grill with Chef Julian, so we're pretty excited about that to kick it off. I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> no, it's not. We love it. We're foodies. We're definitely a foodie family. Well, thank you so much. It was really nice to be on. I appreciate you coming on. Sure. Thank you, Lonnie. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Food Connected Podcast, recorded from the beautiful Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival at the Four Seasons Resort. As always, keep checking back for new episodes, and if you need to reach me for anything, please uh, send me an email at lsweet at theconnectgrp.com. Thank you, and have a great day.